Hello and welcome to the Luke Miller Podcast. I'm glad that you're able to join me today. On this week's episode, we're starting a new series, Unstuck, which is looking at prayer in everyday life. And to do that, we're going to start with the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples, the Lord's Prayer. So you can grab your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 6, and let's dive in. As we start our new series, looking at prayer in everyday life, I thought it would be good for us to start with, of course, the Lord's Prayer, something that uh, we probably, or many of us, prayed growing up uh, over and over in, whether it was in school, whether it was in our homes, and for many of us, it's almost like a muscle memory. Uh, We may have other prayers in our life that are very similar, whether it's around the table, and God is great, God is good, and we thank Him for our food, amen. Uh, or at bedtime. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Those are ones that come from my own kind of muscle memory of prayer. And we have that muscle memory. And and I think sometimes it's good for us to, I know it's good for us to come back and revisit some of those prayers and examine what are the words we're actually saying. And even more so, what are the concepts behind those words? As we take a look at the Lord's Prayer, we know that this is how Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Probably when they were asking, uh, Lord, teach us how to pray, they never thought that they were going to get just kind of a, a very simple answer in the form of a very simple prayer. But what we see is each line of this prayer carries such large concepts for how we can go back through our everyday life and actually uh, apply it and and how it can actually make us better, how it can make us stronger, how we can strengthen our relationship with God. Uh, you know, so it's not only just growing physically, stronger physically, but also spiritually. In fact, more so spiritually as we will as we will find out. Uh, and and so we find ourselves looking at this prayer, right? And in understanding a bit of it. Let me read it first, Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. And of course, many of you may know this, but I will continue. Uh, and I will read it anyways. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, now we're going to start with the first part of this. Uh, And there's a lot to unpack throughout this, this whole, well, this whole prayer. Of course, it's divided into two separate parts and each part is divided into three lines, which each carry their own concept. So the, again, there's a lot there. There's a reason why this series is has uh, no end date as of now. But but we look, of course, first at this first main section, which is all about giving glory to God and starting to recognize who God is to each and every one of us. We have to start that way, right? Um, and in a world where we are filled with uh, that is many times seems, if not is, pluralistic, where we know people in our lives who say, okay, all roads lead to heaven. All I have to do is be a good person. Or when I, I do pray, I just pray to a higher power and I know uh, that that higher power hears me. 
Uh, well, when we start off with this, you have to understand that Jesus is talking to uh, a bunch of Jewish people on the Sermon on the Mount. We're in the heart of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6, so, uh, right in the middle of it. And, and you have to recognize the context of where people are coming from. Jewish people had... Uh, had set prayers, much like we could, we, I kind of touched upon how we pray the same thing for maybe supper or over meals or at bedtime. Well, for them, they had uh, kind of a larger set of prayers that they all learned. And so uh, Jesus was really focusing on breaking the mold uh, as he talked to these people about prayer. Now, when we say that, we have to understand also that Pharisees were so much about doing works and about doing good deeds. And and for some of the other groups in the New Testament that we read about, the Sadducees uh, are another group. Uh, those are much like the Pharisees, except they had a lot of money. They had a lot of possessions. So, so you start to understand that the Pharisees were very legalistic and about uh, doing works. The Sadducees were the same, except they had a lot of possessions and had money, uh, so they really didn't have any worries in their life. And and now you hear Jesus make this prayer, and you understand why this is such a, I want to say, controversial prayer, as Jesus teaches them. Because in the first section that we arrive at, we see nothing revolving around, hey, do good things uh, and make sure you're taken care of. Uh, in fact, we don't see any talk of provision in things that we need in our lives until the second half of the prayer. And even when we get there, it looks a whole lot different than what we would expect. It's not filled with, give me money, give me this, give me that. Jesus really uh, takes them to task on what our, our real needs are. But I'm already getting ahead of myself as we look at this. So we see, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And as I look at this, you know, I don't want to say, I, want, I believe it's kind of that praise portion uh, of the prayer. That word hallowed means honored as holy or, or revered. We're, we're, so often we jump into the prayer and give a list of our wants and our needs without recognizing who God is in our life. He's not a genie to grant us every wish that we have. So it's great to start our prayer honoring and praising God. This helps us get to the heart, the mind, the spirit, and the body into prayer. Every part of us getting in, into this as we recognize who God is to us. We also view God as the Father, right? And, and now this can be dangerous for some folks because when they think about a father, they didn't have a great earthly father. And, and for some, that gets in the way of looking at God as our Father in heaven. Yet, I really do believe we need to look at, at who God is, and that's part of the prayer. God is our Father. And, and I think that's one of the things that we should also recognize is, is as we have people in our lives that say, I don't want I don't want another father. My father may have been horrible growing up. Uh, and people wrestle with this idea. We start, and it allows us, I believe, to start to paint a picture of who God is and who our Heavenly Father is, one that gives us unconditional love, where many will come from a place where they don't know their father or their father showed them no love at all. So as we start to, to view God as our father, we can start to uh, give him the glory. God is not a mean-spirited father. God loves us. 
sent his son to die for us. He adopted us, gives us full inheritance, and is always there for us, loves us unconditionally. He offers us grace, strength, and mercy. All these things are offered to us, and that's how we can look at God our Father. He is giving and loving and always with us. The second thing, you know, is that God is our creator, yet he wants an intimate relationship with us, which really is what um, so much about this prayer, what this prayer is about, to help us draw closer to God on a daily basis. So we, we start this prayer by praising and worshiping God. We have reverence and awe for him, and we have a relationship with him. We know and trust that God is not a distant, powerful, tyrannical king, but he's a loving, compassionate, merciful father who deeply loves us. And uh, I think um, uh, if you're looking at passages that lead you into prayer that are great for prayer, I think, uh, you know, immediately I think of Psalm 100 as a great place to start when you talk about entering uh, into a time of prayer where you give thanks for who God is. You acknowledge who God is. And in Psalm 100, it actually says, make a joyful noise uh, to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and, and enter his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good. Steadfast, his steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Now, now that's, you know, as I'm reading Psalm 100, that is us unpacking that first line of the Lord's Prayer. And that's not even us unpacking it. That's us expounding upon it as we see the psalmist write what that means to acknowledge who God is and what he's done and why we do the things that we do. All right? Uh, God who made us, we are his people. We are his, the sheep of his pasture. Um, and we give thanks to him uh, because of this. And and bless his name because his steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. I think that's a great scripture to start you off. In fact, if you're looking for areas to start you off in this, and this is how you can enter into a, a larger time of prayer, I believe, is, yeah, start with a psalm, which is usually, there's lots of prayers of thanksgiving and prayers of acknowledging who God is. A, a great place in the psalm, Psalm 95 through 100 are great Psalm 145 is another great place to start. Many psalms of thanksgiving work uh, will work, and, and the words we choose have power. So don't be hesitant or afraid to worship and praise God for who he is and the blessings you have received. It's, it's singing along with that Psalm 100. It's singing along as you read a, a psalm of thanksgiving when you read uh, all of Israel rejoicing together, understanding that, that you share that. You know, before we move on to with this, let me add one more thing about this section, the hallowed be thy name. I really believe in calling people by, um, you know, that where it's God calling us by name. God knows us by name. And so much about scripture talks about God knows who we are. And I believe that's very reciprocal in, in our relationship with him. It's not, hey, you. It's like, what's up, boss? Or, or anything like that. Uh, it is... 
It is us knowing him by name, knowing that the name of God has power, it has meaning. Jehovah Rapha, God who heals, uh, God our protector, um, and, and, and the other names of God. And so I think it's important for us to look at this. When we hallow the name of God, when we honor the name of God, we are honoring his name as holy and awesome. As we pray, consider how God is holy and what names of God for God remind you of his holiness. There, I mean, there's lots of names of for God that and attributes and characteristics of God that we can use. And it always means we honor God's name, not by just callously throwing it around, but but calling out in true form the name of God of who he is. You may be here today and and I said, you know, Jehovah Rapha and that characteristic of a God who heals. And you may be hurting and you may have people in your own lives who are healing, not just uh, physically, but emotionally, whether you've, you've experienced loss in your life over uh, the last little while, uh, whether it's spiritually and, and you feel distant. Here we have uh, the chance to call out to, to God, Jehovah Rapha, God, I understand and I believe that you are a God who heals and I ask for healing in my life. You know, calling out the name of God is is so important. And, and I think part of prayer is being specific uh, as well. The, uh, and so I, I wanted to touch upon that before I moved on to the next, and I know I, I jumped down a bit of a rabbit trail here, because the next section of the prayer is, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I think we know enough about the world we live in <laughs> to know that we are in trouble. <laughs> uh, and and I, you know, I laugh and I jo- kind of laugh about that, but there's a reality. You do not have to look far to realize that we are in over our heads without God. There's a lot of great people out there, and there's a lot of not-so-nice people out there as well. And and we believe God is going to return soon. We believe and know that Jesus is coming again, but soon is a relative term. Paul thought it, thought it was going to happen soon, and and we're still waiting 2,000 years later. The people of Thessalonians thought it was going to happen soon, and in still nothing, right? So part of the prayer is to actually pray for more of God on earth <laughs> and, and pray that you trust that God is your King of kings and your Lord of lords. He's your Savior and your Master, and you can give everything over to Him which is a very difficult prayer to pray. So, so far we've acknowledged who God is, but now we say, I know who you are, but now it's where the rubber hits the road. and says, but am I able to actually trust you and acknowledge that I can trust you with, with everything in my life and that I will follow your will, not ask you to simply bend to my will, uh, which is a very, again, very difficult ask for us. In John chapter 15, verse 5, it tells us, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. It's a reminder we can do nothing apart from God's presence in our life. I mean, we may be able to keep our head above water for a tiny bit of time, but that is that is it. We can't do anything uh, with the mission of God if we are not following his will. This is his kingdom. We must be connected to him in order to accomplish his will. Uh, We learn to be open to the will of God, and that is also a very tough concept for us. But again, remember, this prayer, as we're going through this, it's not just about the words that that we say. It's not just about saying, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There are some very 
heavy and weighted statements that are that that are are made in verse 10. And so that's that reminder that we can't do anything apart from God's presence in our life. Um and we learn to be open to the will of God. We ask God to guide uh, to guide the the surrender of our will and place our trust completely in him. We need help just doing that. And in desiring God or in desiring God's will above our own, we let go of our control. Well, there's the problem right there, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I like control. I like to be in control of things. Uh, and and I say that as, uh, you know, I was the oldest sibling, and which meant at some point I was in a car while my sisters were learning to drive. Now, for me, I was uh, the perfect new student driver. And, uh, and you know what? I know you think I'm exaggerating now, but let me just tell you that uh, back when I got my license, you could go and take your get your learner's license the day of your birthday, and a month later, you could write your test. And I did just that, and I aced it. And I know you all think I'm probably exaggerating, but I'm telling you I'm not. My sisters, on the other hand, came nowhere near to acing it. Uh, and and I remember sitting in the car. And if you ever want to feel like you are out of control, then let me tell you, take a ride with one of my sisters. Uh, even to this day, and I, you know what, I'm maybe one of them is probably listening to this right now. And so I'll offer the apology to the one who it is, and you know who you are. But but the but the reality the reality is is I mean I remember as we're in the car, and in the one had this problem where she would just look wherever she's steering. So if all of a sudden she saw something off the side of the road and she's looking over there, guess where the car is heading? If you want to know what it's out of control, <laughs> none of us like to be out of control. Uh, and and so, so yet here we find Jesus saying, I need you to be out of control because I have to be in control. Only then can we love as God does and allow his kingdom to flourish. I really believe that. When we seek God's will, and, and that's usually not an easy one, um, uh, because I know we find ourselves, and I find myself in a place of, I want this, and, and I want that. All you have to do is be with me when I walk into a golf store, and, and all of a sudden I have a very difficult time deciphering what my needs are and what my wants are. Um, uh, and I want God to bless me because I think I've been good. It's kind of, yet at the same time, we ha- I, I have to recognize that I have to give it over to God. And that's where I usually find find trouble in that. You know, that's asking for God's will to be done over mine. And as we start this, again, we find ourselves like these passages uh, and the starting of the Lord's Prayer, and we will continue into prayer. This is all before we ever arrive at what my own needs are. Uh, you want a, a good exercise of prayer this week and and figure out what that looks like is is spend some time studying who God is, the attributes of God, and then spend some time when you start to pray acknowledging who God is in your life and where and, and the areas where you may need him in your life, where his specific names you need to call out um, and and then, 
you know, get to that part and understand that there's a part of praise, like that Psalm 100. Choose one of those Psalms and start with that. Uh, and and don't just read those words. Say it like you mean it. Uh, to make that joyful noise to the Lord and, and, and cry out in excitement that he made us and we are his and we are his people, the sheep of his pasture, as Psalm 100 says. As we start to see that, we start to see our own wants fade into the background and we recognize what our true needs are in our in our life before we pray for our interests we pray for god's interest for his kingdom and his will to be done in our lives we can pray to be his light and the salt in the world that we remain connected to the vine that we can demonstrate his grace and love his joy his power to the world, that his kingdom is made visible uh, through me, to those around me, to my neighborhood, to my city. That's how we pray for God's will to be done. And, And so I challenge us to be doing that this week as we start to pray, to pray for God's interests. Pray again that we'll be salt and light in the world, that we can remain connected but that we can demonstrate his grace, his love, his joy, and his power to the world. That is putting, that is kingdom first mentality that we need to have. So often we see through a limited view, but God sees so much more. He sees everything. Uh, and, And so we pray for ourselves and our family to experience and to submit to his will as we demonstrate his kingdom to the world around us. I think that is a great place for us to stop because uh, that is a good challenge for us to, again, we haven't even gotten to the prayers of all the things that I may need. This is us submitting to God and acknowledging who he is. And I think that's why Jesus was teaching. I know why that's why Jesus was teaching the disciples in this form. These concepts are much bigger than we could could ever imagine. And that's why we're studying this and going deep into prayer uh, and what it means and how we can use this in our everyday lives. And we already see how we can use it here as we pray for God's will to be done and what that looks like day in and day out as we walk uh, out our door and into our neighborhoods. I'll leave it there for this week. I want to thank you for joining me. I'm really excited about this series on prayer as we study it. And we'll be diving around the whole Bible, looking at some Uh, prayers that people give and and looking at those as well, not just the Lord's Prayer. It's going to be a good time. I'm looking forward to it. I hope you are too. So take care, have a great week, and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for joining us on the Luke Miller Podcast, part of Sunrise Digital Ministries at Sunrise Community Church in Fair Oaks, California. If you're wanting to know more about our digital ministries, you can download our app at the Google Play Store or the Apple Store, where you'll find Backshed Bible Study, Sunday Sermons, and the Luke Miller Podcast. If you've got questions about who Jesus is or what it means to be a Christ follower, we would love to connect with you. And you can send us a note at www.sunrise.church. And we'll get you connected. Thanks again for joining us. Take care.